0: Gaming NBS, episode 312, being recorded Monday, September 28th, 2020. Welcome to Gaming NBS, Tabletop RPG Podcast.
1: I'm Sean. I'm Brett. Welcome to the show, folks. Welcome back. Glad everybody's here. Sean, I'm proud of myself. I got the date and uh, time basically set on the show notes properly this time. I had a couple uh, different. I, actually, notes. you didn't, Brett. Did you fix it for I me? Did fi- I Uh-oh. did fix it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was so proud of me for about two seconds. So I, let, I, I started start, you, doing the notes. Not, you could have let you could let me have a win. I but well no, could have let me. I sh- I should have. You're right. That's okay. I'll check Sorry. next. I'm gonna check next week. Right now, so I don't feel like a complete boob. By saying such a thing again, good gravy. Anyway, at least we target there. Sean, how are you, man? I am, uh,
0: you can't complain, man. Same, same, same. I uh, kick off Curse of Strahd this Saturday.
1: Do you? Now, before we get into what's coming, did you game at all since we chatted last?
0: I ran Delta Green for Hobbs and Harrigan and Tony Sugarloaf.
1: That uh, P- Patron game?
0: Yes, nice. so they are still uh, investigating, and um, we'll see. I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's going to go much, excuse me, much longer necessarily. Is um, that that?
1: Is that the short kind of intro?
0: It isn't as short as I anticipated. It's a little more lengthy, and frankly, um, I'm running out of game hole, so I have to figure a way to like shorten Tight, it up, tighten that shit up, Tight, tighten it up. Yeah, and I was talking to Harrigan first. Uh, pretty decent at length uh, after the game and mentioning that and a few other things we were talking about but um, we'll see I think I can tighten it up it's an investigation game you throw them a bunch of already. you're already here you're already there you've unlocked this you've unlocked that and then
1: well cool thing see. is you've got folks like Harrigan and other sharp gamers out there within that game yeah you say hey I gotta run this in a four hour slot what would you cut right and they're all smart folks they'll be like hey drop this drop this drop this which is super helpful. Instead of staring at it blankly yourself going, "What am I going to do?" You actually can you can kind of writers workshop that sucker up. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I got to I, run- Oh, sorry. Go go. Keep going.
0: I was going to say uh that was it for me and then I play stars without number tomorrow. Um, what about you, Brett? What do you would what, what, would you do?
1: Wednesday I um I game with my kids that evening. Back to our Middle Earth game, and they pushed through. That was the best, most well played version of it. They really paid absolute attention. Previous sessions, Ilana's character lost an eye from foolishly waiting in a combat and not leaving combat when she should have. And um, for AJ, instead of throwing tactics to the wind and just forgetting about shit, paid attention to all the information. They utilized all the NPC, <clears throat> you know. That they had with arrows and stuff to so like, take out a little cadre of trolls which built their confidence up even more they really kicked some ass there and uh they went to the castle in the woods found that and now they're like okay we're not in a rush so we are spend at least 24 hours with invisibility spells figuring this out score search here scour this area we there's supposed to be orcs in here how do we figure all this out so they're really playing smart i was very proud of them they're doing really well and then, uh, let's see, Friday, Thursday night, I headed up to uh, my hometown, Wausau, and I gamed with my home crew Friday night for Ran Rage Against Demons. Um, we were back, finished getting into back to back on track with that. That was okay. Uh, almost died by a purple worm, but we did it right there. And then Saturday, I kicked off a, uh, my World of Darkness kind of weird-ass game, which is was a lot of this week's topic so i'll try to save it for later as examples but it was insane it was very very insane but yeah that was a lot of fun
0: i'm sure the suspense is killing
1: us all oh. that no, probably isn't it was you know probably like this happened this happened and people are like who cares brett that's boring as shit but it was fun for me well i was there um let's see nothing other than that we have game con virtual game hole coming up so hey, i got my
0: events uh, approved
1: did you? Very good. Yeah. Very good. Very good. I'm honestly, I mean, I don't like lying to you or our listeners. I'm just, I'm having a hard time getting revved up about a virtual con. It just doesn't, doesn't do it for me, man. I just don't know. I don't know what to do yet. So I'm going to figure that out. Uh, anything else announcement-wise before we plow forward? No. No?
0: Oh, rhyme of the Frostmaiden.
1: Oh yeah, I've got my uh, my Beetle and Grim edition is supposed to be coming next month. I'm eagerly awaiting that. I want to read that sucker. Did you pick it up?
0: Well, so I have it. Ah, very good. Just the book, you know, and uh, I didn't, you know, I'm I didn't go high roller edition. So.
1: Well, I, well, there was no cons this year, so I took like all the money I'd spent on on three four hey, cons and dumped it all well, on one product. Whatever, Brett.
0: It, it doesn't matter. It's all good. Yeah. Um, I. Th- so I ran it by Brett. Brett's like, you know, with all the obligations and commitments I've got, he's probably not going to run it till December, January.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: I unless I fire up a campaign in addition to Cursed Strad and I move things around, which is possible, um, I probably I don't I'm probably looking at November at the earliest. So I don't have a problem running it off. Center of of Brett, like kicking it off sooner. but I love
1: the I love the idea you came up yeah. with, though, of us running it as close as we can. You know, even if you get out ahead of me and I come in behind you, just being able to talk about how it's going, who's doing what with it, and it would have to be, we'll have to come up with like a spoiler alert, a <laughs> campaign readout, so that anybody who hasn't played it yet and doesn't don't tell me that. May have to put it in a bonus BS episode, man. I have to re- resurrect that sucker just to pull it out.
0: So there's, I don't want to blow it off. And frankly, we could still both wait. My only, you know, the only thing is that Brett's going to run it. He may have a change of heart too. So I, and vice versa. So we may just put it out on the forums and say who's interested and who's going to run it. And we'll just make, maybe we'll sign, you know, make a Discord channel or a forum where we're just talking about fr- where Rhyme of the Frost made and what, who's going through what and how Mm -hmm. people are handling things. Um, so it's not off the books. It's just an update on where that lies for everybody else that thought it might be an interesting idea. If you are interested in running it and kind of sharing your thoughts and participating in like a group game master kind of forum, let us know. I'd be interested. And then if you've already kicked it off, great. If you're waiting fine if you're running it in a different system than 5e that's okay like we're just interested to like understand the encounters and how you tackled them and what yeah, you ran well, into the, we've and,
1: talked about this with um i said this about monty cook's return to the temple of Elemental evil his third edition one. how my buddy lenny took uh, thrommel the uh the vampire anti-paladin basically and and revved it up you know like, how do you deal with that? What do you do with that? Oh, I just played everything as it was. I let the dice fall. where they, they made? Didn't matter. Or, you know, I, we could easily see, and you encounter this, right? I'll be like, man, my group was really, I couldn't see any logic behind, so I changed to, and Sean may be like, ah, we never had that problem. Because no one even went there. <laughs> no one talked to the lady. No one talked to the guy. No one went to the Dragonborn and asked him a damn question. Nothing happened. You know? So there's, that's kind of cool. I think it's, I think it's a damn Sean, I really do.
0: So we'll we'll just so that's the only thing I wanted to throw out there, and
1: so updates to come. Sweet. All right. So let's uh, random encounter the sucker. Random
0: encounter. Segment of the show where we field comments, uh, voicemails, social media. Uh, first one, voicemail from Chris Shoreb.
2: Kicks it off,
0: and here we go.
2: Sean, you talked about watching TV shows and really uh, kind of sourcing them as inspiration for, uh, you know, looking at a TV show at a scene and saying, how can I game this? And using that as inspiration and in how to better your own gaming. Um, I'd love to hear an entire episode on that if you feel like you've got enough meat on those bones. The second thing is a question for mostly for Brett, I think, but maybe Sean as well. Have either of you guys ever played Burning Wheel? There's something I've just started a campaign of Burning Wheel. It's gonna be a short campaign, but man, something about it I really love. And you guys were talking about that thing of like, oh, the player says, I'm always by the I'm over by the door, and Brett's like, Oh no, you're not, you're over by the desk. In Burning Wheel, they've got these things called instincts, and one of the players' instincts could be I always guard I always have one eye on the door. And so um and then that's true, that's always true. Um so that could kind of for the player prevent that. But if the um, if he has another thing, it's like I'm super curious about what's inside desks. Well, then if that's his instinct, and he's not going to be watching the door. That's actually a terrible instinct. But just um, uh, I think Burning Wheel is a game. If you guys haven't played it, it's something to try. It is very complex, very worth playing with someone who's played before, and but it does reward system mastery. And um, yeah, I think it might be a really cool game for you guys to play. Anyway, uh, keep up the great work. Take care. Bye.
0: Thank you, Chris. And for the record, I owned Burning Wheel and never played it. Sold it. And I think I subsequently got rid of it. And uh, I know it's a good game. I know it's a little crunchy, and it's good. I played Burning Empires once. It was clunky, but it's uh, a derivative of Burning Wheel. But yes, people really appreciate Burning Wheel, I cannot comment on whether I would or not. I just haven't played it. And I, it was one of the games that had sit around on my shelf. You know, I got it before Burning Wheel Gold, and I was just like,
1: yeah. I The closest thing I had to a copy of Burning Wheel was the first edition Mouse Guard RPG, which uh, was supposedly like a Burning Wheel light, And uh, I started reading it, went, eh, eh, just didn't sing to me. And I think what Chris is saying there, I heard him say, you know, if you can play with somebody who knows it, I think it'd be pretty cool that I picked it up. I've heard such good things about it. You know, Oh, it's crunch, but it's good. It's this, that, you know, and I've heard a lot of people, you know, it's a plate. You can just kind of lose yourself in <laughs> the rules, the system. When we talked about like social encounters and some of that stuff, and it's got a lot of that stuff in it, like winning arguments and debates. It's got these amazing duel of wits. Yeah. I honestly, yeah, I honestly yeah, look at that sweet. game system sometimes and I, as I say, look at it, see a copy of them, I'm like. I wonder if I should buy that, even if I never play it, just to mine it for ideas. And just one of those things like, hey, how is somebody handling this thing? Now, that's a lot of what we talk about, you know, is how the hell is so and so handled it, or does Sean do this, or what does Brett do, or our listeners come back at it. So, yeah, I've not played it, man, but I love the idea of somebody whose instinct is I must know what's in every desk. That's uh, I know, I know. Chris, you said that's a terrible instinct, but I just i love i love that that's funny but yeah the, the instincts i mean 13th age has like one true thing and um components like that i think some of those things are even if it's not how do i do if you don't if there's not a mechanic for it it's almost a session zero like a character background piece i would be interested sometimes sean i guess we could talk about this too in addition to um plumbing tv shows and stuff for ideas but you know what makes for a good character background? You know, what background components are things that help answer questions, right? Hey, I'm going to do this a la Burning Wheel, and my instinct is never unprepared, or I am always, always nervous, or always twitchy, or I have a laissez faire attitude towards danger, or, you know, stuff like that. What does a good character background provide governance guidance? for how your character would react and i think that's what um a lot of probably apocalypse stuff does with your bonds and flaws and and stuff and uh, even 5e tries to do some of that with bonds flaws and, and so on i think that can be helpful and i wonder if that's a thing that i know in 5e it doesn't when i'm playing with people it kind of is a throwaway piece on the character sheet And i wonder how much more we should dig into it that excites me a bit
0: i think it's i think it's underrated I, I and I, I'm do. guilty absolutely of it. Do. Yeah. yeah, like I, my Curse of Strad game, I should be looking at each character and looking at those components and seeing if those play a role in what I'm going to present to them, and then and then lean on them or into them, I should say.
1: I talked about having a cheat sheet for game masters, right? What's their stealth check? What's their this? What's their this? If that is too noodly, and you want to focus more on story beats and stuff like that, fucking, hey, take that five E sheet and write that down. Have that on the back end of your you know, of your um, uh, GM screen. That'd yeah, probably I did for be... Tomb
0: of Annihilation. I had an AC, it's hit points, the perception. I didn't have their background, but...
1: But I'm just don't... saying those merits, bonds, I think yes. that, could be, that could be good shit to have. Readily available, so you don't have to look at. This was a piece that, um, back in our Gumshoe episode, ages and ages ago, Gumshoe has, you know, what's your drive? A uh, Night's Block agent says that too. Like What makes you go downstairs, even though you have a pretty good idea that there's a monster down there? Delta green. Mo- yeah. Right. What helps stop you from metagaming your shit? Well, um, my drive is to uh, know the unknowable. Here I go. Give me a flashlight. Right? Or my drive is to save the world or blah, blah, blah. So those things are important. And I think um, when they get tacked onto a game or if they're not something you're used to using, right? If they're kind of a, I want to say, a secondary mechanic, I can see where that would be forgotten. And easily blown by, especially if it's not something you're used to doing. Right. Your PBTA folks are like, "What the fuck, Brad? Obviously, you have that stuff. You use it because it's very front and center there. So, we totally took Mister Sharp's note and went crazy with it there, Chris. But you knew the job was dangerous when you emailed us. We left that's a voicemail. Right. So, that's what you get. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. That was good stuff, though, man. I appreciate it. Over to you, Sean. You can read that one.
0: All righty then. Matt V. writes in comments on GMing for money, 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 money. Hey, guys. Hope life finds you well. Anyway, I won't bore you, so I won't touch on everything I missed. Just wanted to cover a few things. Easy wins at RPGs. I usually like to do one of these every four to six sessions. Maybe more or less, depending on the pace of advancement. I basically go into cinematic mode. We narrate the encounter. Usually, I like to do it uh, to show. I like to do it or to showcase their badassery. Often using foes that were difficult for them last time. I try and set them up with the opportunity to do cool things, like wipe out twenty dudes with a fireball, or the guy with great cleave is surrounded by a dozen foes. I will sometimes get a cinematic strike and have them use a spell or two. But more or less, it's just a showcasing of how much they've grown and how awesome the heroes are. Excuse me. Game mastering for money. This is what really prompted me to write in. I'm acquaintances with a guy who's been a full-time GM for over 10 years now. Hadn't talked to him in several years, so I used this as an excuse to touch base. He played in my group for a while, a long time ago, so I reached out to him and asked him a few questions, which I thought I'd share with you. Hopefully someone finds it interesting. So he started in 2008 on MapTools, charging $10 a game, running seven people to a session for a four-hour session. In 2010, he went full-time, so has been doing this for a while. He currently charges a base price of $30 a session for seven players though he rarely collects that much. New players get a session free and then a discount for a four-week package. He offers discounts for paying a month at a time and a bigger one for paying for the entire campaign up front, non-refundable. He's been running his in his own homebrew world since the beginning, and the world has basically grown around what happens in the campaigns. He started with Pathfinder and eventually had moved to 5e, His campaigns run for 25 weeks. Then he takes one week off and repeats the cycle. At any one time, he's running two different campaigns. He would like to only do one, but he has about a dozen people who want to game with him twice a week, which is a good chunk of his clientele base. And most of those guys have been paying his bills for years. He runs Three level 1-12 to campaigns a year and one 12-20 level campaign a year. He runs nine games a week, one Wednesday night, two on Friday, and three on Saturday and Sunday. Wow.
1: Damn. That's a lot of gaming, dudes. That's a lot of gaming, people.
0: So far, sounds pretty decent. Pay sounds good and all that, but he pointed out a lot of negatives. Number one, you are always marketing. He'll never go through an entire campaign without losing at least two players. To do this, you need to stay quite active in the community you're involved in, or you lose prestige. Fair. Two. Two. Sometimes people don't pay and bounce. If they don't show up, often they don't want to pay. His contract says the player still plays on missed sessions. But uh, I think oh, he meant. Pays, to, pays. I think he meant to, pay. pays. Pays. Yeah. yeah. Uh, tracking down money is annoying. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. annoying for businesses.
1: <laughs> oh, it totally is. There's entire departments around uh, accounts payable and accounts receivable. <laughs> Give me your $2! I want my $2. Carry on. Uh,
0: let's see. Three. Prep time is huge because it has to deliver an A-plus experience. The maps are all preset. He has insane vision blocking, light sources, fully programmed frameworks. Four. You had to set up a great framework for users to make it worthwhile. You point on an enemy, hit your attack macro, and it does all the math. You have to keep the pace very fast, or people to, uh, for people to not feel ripped off. So you can't show a slow typer to slow the game down. You can't nice. allow, sorry, yep. a slow typer to slow the game down.
1: Yeah, you you want a cadence, and that makes sense, right? You want this damn thing to roll, 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 and if somebody's like, how do I attack with my bow? Yeah, I don't want that conversation. Totally get it. Yeah.
0: Related to above, number five, related to above, GMing in this style is very taxing. You have to stay laser focused. He says he can crush out up to ten combats because the framework does everything, and he has to keep everything flowing at a very fast pace. Number six, He has to take a lot of time to go through third-party material to see what he can allow. A lot of people are willing to pay for a lot of third-party stuff they want to use, and he has to judge and alter each thing on a case-by-case basis. Whoosh. Seven. When you switch editions, it sucks. It took him hundreds, if not over a thousand hours to get everything back to where his 5e framework and tokens already was equal to his Pathfinder framework, and he was charging a lot more at this time. So it had to be sharp at drop. He's terrified of another game dropping and having to do it again. Even though he's only GMing 36 hours a week, (laughs) only 36 hours a week. The work week is 50 to 70 hours. Nine, Uh, it cannot take cannot take sick days or more than the one scheduled week off. He said one time he took three weeks off and it took him months to rebuild the damage that he did to his brand. Having to work every weekend sucks too. He has kids now and it makes it tough, especially since they are 13 hour days. Number 10, there's a lot of work you actually have to do for free. You have to help with character creation, program most players, tokens, etc. Some pros Okay, so it's not all bad, Matt says. Get to do something you love, number one. Although your relationship with the hobby becomes different when it's a full time job. Uh, two, prep time goes down over time. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. Uh, with map tools, you can program tokens, and he has thousands of them programmed now. So that part becomes easier over time. Also, really, there's only a handful of stories. You just format them differently. Um, let's see. I lost my place, sorry. Uh, Hold on a second. My page, for whatever reason, jumped. All right, here we go. I got it. Two uh, goes down. Three gets to work from home. Nice. Three, four, if he lives long enough, it will be a great retirement side hustle. (laughs) Very true. So I asked about his customer base because I was interested. Mostly they fall into two categories. High profile, very busy people executives and other people pull in 50-plus-hour weeks. They don't have time to dick around but want to play. They like the fast-paced, get through a lot of content real quick, and then carry on with their insane lives. These people don't get, get, dive too deep into the rules and will often have him make their PCs for them. The second are very hardcore gamers who have a ton of resources they want to use and either can't find a game group or enough game groups. Often they are already in one to three games per week. Wow. Yeah. So um, he loves what he does, but he says he probably wouldn't do it over again if given the chance. All right, gentlemen, thanks for continuing to crank out great content until next time.
1: Well, um, that was the nicest in-depth interview process, Matt, that we never had to to do ourselves. Holy shit. (laughs) That's really cool. That was a lot of good questioning. Those are a lot of things Sean and I tried to talk about. I think one of the things that hit us last time, Sean, people said, what does it mean to be professional? I think this friend of Matt's is doing it that way. He hit a lot of that stuff.
0: Yeah, he's not making a ton of money.
1: No, but it's, we talked about what does it mean to be professional? The work, the the work ethic, the effort, the responsibility, he has a standard, so on and so forth, you know. Oof. That's a lot of shit, man. That's a lot you of shit. gotta up your price, more- man. Like, yeah, you gotta the-
0: just, gotta charge, like...
1: My first thought was, Matt's friend. Holy cow, Matt! Tell that dude it's got to be fifty hundred bucks a game or something. I mean, yeah, holy it's gotta shit! Two hundred dollars, dude. Base price of thirty dollars a session for seven players. That's it.
0: Yeah, way wow. undercharging. Way,
1: yeah, I, I would say ten bucks a player. Like and twenty bucks a player. Jesus. And another thing,
0: it depends on. how... So I think how I, many games did he play? Nine sessions, seven players, thirty ahead. So I think it's yeah, it's a yeah. I don't wow. know, man. I.
1: But I don't know what the market will bear either, right? So he's in that space. Maybe he's, maybe he's sorted that out. I don't know. It just, I'm
0: telling you, I think there are, like, if he's got executives.
1: Oh, these these cats have cash. They don't. They, I, they don't. I, I, they'll I, just I,
0: throw money. They they I, probably I, hire groundskeepers to come and do their lawn for like eight hours. I, I got one I work
1: with that pays somebody to pick up the dog poop from the one dog they have because they don't like doing that. So if they like a game like $150 a week they pay a kid yes, to pick up dog yes, shit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, so I know they pay that much because they've told me so.
0: <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh. There's only one way to find nice. out is uh, to try it. To see what happens. Even just get a new group and charge out charge out a different fee structure."
1: Crazy though. That was that was wow. some really good research, man. Thank you. That was awesome. Very very yeah, good. Yeah.
0: Very good. Thank you so much, Matt, and uh, take care, buddy.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. Take care of yourself and your loved ones. Yes. That goes to all of you. Yeah, (laughs) it doesn't have to be just Matt, but hey. Damn it, people. Life is too short. Don't uh, be good to each other. All right, so next is The Warden. He comments on trust on our trust episode. For me, trust exists as a group. One weak link in the trust circle we uh, we call gaming can lead to the whole chain snapping in half. Still, trust begins with trust. Those who have trust issues in games they play always sound like someone with trust issues in their intimate relationships, but never seem to recognize it It was all from that old flame who really knew knew the football team. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Know what I mean? Oh, good Lord. (laughs) Being burned by a previous player GM group isn't supposed to be the norm, just like any other connections we form. Whoever hurt you was the wrong one, and they are a distant minority. Um, By sitting down to play together, we're all making an unspoken agreement to play together. And that demands trust. Plus, as someone who didn't exactly get treated like a person by non-geeks growing up, trust is required for many people to open up and share with a group. I instantly trust and connect with someone who shares a hobby with me. It's then up to us to fuck it up. Even if we're playing pretend. Maybe even especially because we're playing pretend. But trust is easier said than earned. Oh, I I guess. Oh, crap. Uh, Don't make me say it. It depends. (laughs) (laughs) Very good, very good, Warden. Thank you much. I, I honestly think a lot of times I think I tried to say this in the trust episode, but I generally sit down I'm like I trust y'all. That you've proved to prove to me, I can't trust one of you. <laughs> it's a, it's a legit legit way going in. Hey, I'm sitting down to have fun with these folks. I trust I'm at least going to have a good time until someone in the group proves to me that they're not trustworthy.
0: Well, and Matt or Sorry, Matt, uh, Todd mentioned.
1: The word is Todd for everybody, yes, Todd, Todd from Broken yep. Rule Games, absolutely.
0: Uh, he did. Me- he wonders, like, if it's it's the game because he tends to see uh, he tends to see this more in the D and D space, right? But, and I said, well, that's one thing I posed to him was, well, D and D is just bigger. There's just more.
1: Yeah, so I, that that would be my first thought as well. Um,
0: right. hmm. But. Nonetheless, you know, whether that's seen as frequently in indie published or short form games or, you know, OSR games, hard to say.
1: Don't know. Who knows?
0: But, you know, it's possible. uh But, you know, I'm sure it has to do more with a game master. Like, oh, you have a game master, you have a player. Some of those don't have game masters. Like, they're GM free. Yep. You know, it's a whole different it's Some it
1: of comes down to, I honestly think a lot of it comes down to just missed expectations crossed expectations failure to bother to explain what the hell your actual expectations are you know well i show up to uh kill monsters and take their stuff that's all i ever want to do well no wonder for the last five sessions you've been pissed off that we've been having a you know detailed discussion at a party with debutantes and this is not your thing Somebody should have either asked you, or when we asked you if you wanted to play the game about debutante investigation, you would have said, "Yeah, that's not my bag." <laughs> Instead of slowly getting pissed. But no, that's good stuff. Good stuff, Todd. Thanks, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks, Todd. Over to you, sir.
0: Rory. Rory comments on easy wins. The easy wins can be very memorable. I ran a session for two players once. A couple of high level. You're going to love this. This is why I wanted to. I wanted to read Rory's. <laughs> I ran a session for two players once, a couple of high-level, 13-plus, you know, zero AD&D wizards. They were out and about with their usual daily protective spells, including stone skin, and were ambushed by a band of wandering ogres. I remember the ogres grappling one character and hitting the other character with with him as an improvised club.
1: <laughs> yeah! Uh, uh, clunk, damn it!
0: Yeah, he's awesome. gonna grapple you, and then he's gonna use going to attack Brett's guy. Brett, I mean, he's gonna attack you with what? With your buddy? In <laughs> with his your buddy.
1: Hand. Actually, I had a gargoyle in a vampire game do that. I grabbed one player character, used his rib cage as a uh, place for the gargoyle's claws to hold it. Then he used him to beat the fuck out of everybody else for a while. <laughs> it was pretty ugly. <laughs> I like. I so I have. I have. I have fond memories of these types of things. This is good stuff. Yeah, Carry We used to on. say, we're going to rip off your arm and beat you beat over the it, head with beat it. Beat you over yeah. yes.
0: With their spells and protecting them from damage, they just shrugged and made jokes for a couple of rounds, then walked away leaving a smoking crater where the ogres had been.
1: I don't know, Chauncey, this seems awkward to you, I tell you, Reginald. I don't, I don't cut into this at all. Shall we blow them up? I think we best. <laughs> Both loved mowing
0: through a basic threat that would have been, once been terrifying. This sort of thing uh, is what I love about Wandering Monsters, having a mix of easy and hard threats show up. 3 actually recommended a chunk of your encounters for a given scenario be Cakewalks. They use some resources, but not many, and it's, uh, it lets the players have success. One of the things I liked older school adventures is that there was always a mix. Take the first Giants module from D&D. Spoilers. The module is lousy with giants, as well as orcs, bugbears, carrion crawlers, and troglodytes. Uh, The giants are a major threat, but the rest, while often gathered in large numbers, are not really a threat to the target level of the module. Brett mentioned Return to the Temple of Elemental Evil. The same thing applies. Sure, there are the big guns in each temple, but there are also a ton of mook-level guards whose only real threat is to announce your presence to the more powerful monsters. If every battle gets harder every time you level up, what's the point of leveling up? Slate, smiley face,
1: Rory. <laughs> I say Rory, I like Rory's last statement. If every battle gets harder every time you leveled up, what's the point of leveling up? It's that, a
0: ding. Ah, snack.
1: Yeah. Pavlov's
0: it, dog, man. Ding.
1: Yeah, that's neat. But if every time you do it, every other every fight continues to be uh, an equally grueling brawl to the yeah. death. No, yeah. I absolutely get it. Absolutely. All right, good grief. We're back to the warden, Mr. Todd Crapper, back talking about today's discussion, huh? Let's uh, see what you got here. Nine times out of ten, this is how I prefer to run anything. We're talking about today's topic, which is GMing on the Fly. Even, and he continues, even if I wrote and published the adventure, which is some strange Freudian shit right there, <laughs> right now I'm running a play by post game that's become a mystery investigation adventure and I have no clue who did it, how it's going to end, or anything else beyond it the current turn. In many ways, I find this more liberating way to run a mystery because there's no attempt to force players to comprehend the clues that you're laying down. It's all about picking up what the players put down and making up pieces based on what they give you. That all goes back to the trust issue from the previous episode. Gaming on the fly requires everyone to trust the GM, has their best interests, and at heart, it will make our main characters the central focus from which the story develops. It's the reason why I turn to gaming when small-town Canada offers absolutely zero improv troops. <laughs> Fucking snow-covered hillbillies and their damn tractor pulls. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> ah, I love it, and I gotta, I gotta throw this in there. When uh, the warden says, "Even if I wrote and published the adventure, which is some strange," I do the same damn thing, dude. I have, uh, I've taken a couple Avalon adventures. I've written and published. I've run the Metcons. And went, ah, I'm gonna do this different. <laughs> it's because why not? Ah, love it, love it, love it. So let's get into the
0: main topic, man. Let's, let's do. Let's
1: slide All in. Right. there. That was good. <laughs> All right. You ready? I'm ready, man. So, Dominican had posted this in our forums. How to run games on the fly. sit down as a player in the group makes you GM. You have to use player cues to run the game. The whole concept. Like, how the hell do you run games on the fly? So, I've got, like, shit slash IE. uh, There's no notes here. It was just a thought. Dominican had put out there. The warden gave us some good pieces. So, Sean, I'm going to gut check you here. Do you ever run on the fly, like if you have an adventure and you something starts happening, you are like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm going. I'm just going with whatever's happening. Just making shit up.
0: <laughs> do you ever Mother- do that? mothership? I did a little bit. Did you? A little bit. I mean, I had a. I mean, I used you know Dead Planet, but a lot of it got shit canned right away. Like, oh, they're they're not going out to the moon at this point. They're not going to the planet. So, what am I going to do here?
1: Is that normal for you?
0: And I don't. And I didn't really
1: prep. Um, you know, I, when I'm talking when I said, "Is that normal?" The no, the low pl- the low prep. Well, we'll see what kind of characters we get, and we'll play some D and D. Most you. of the
0: times when I'm going into it, even with even with mother that mothership example. Mm-hmm. Something in the back of my brain is running. Like I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this and then we'll see how it goes and then it will wrap it up or I'll get them back on track, track, <laughs> back on <laughs> rails or, or whatever that is. So there, there's a very, I mean, that's, I mean, you could say mentally prepare for it, but there's very few where I would get together with Brett, and a couple other like Joe and Wayne and and Eileen and say, okay, they just say, hey, let's play some, uh, let's play an RPG right now. Sean, you, can you pull out? You don't want to run.
1: Would that uh, make Would that make you wickedly uncomfortable? If someone did uh, that to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Could you do it? Would you do it?
0: Like zero, like with Zippo. Like,
1: yeah, like right like now. Hey, let's play. Let's right now play D anD. D I got five guys. You want to play? Can you run?
0: <laughs> I I would be like, okay, I'm going to pull out Lost Mine of Phandelver.
1: Yeah, go with uh, a okay. – Pre-gens. Yep.
0: But I wouldn't be able to – I wouldn't sit down and say, I got to reference something. I could, I could do I, it if I sourced what, the
1: table. I love I, what you're doing. So one yeah. of the things that I think I was – Trained for my RPG upbringing to do this because my friend and I, Todd, would pester his brother, Terry, his older brother, Terry, to sleep over. We'll be hanging out birthday. Terry, will you run d d for us? Pester, pester, pester. Fine. Go make characters and come back. Because he knew that gave us hours of getting around, making characters, asking questions. Then he came up with something. always oh, a dungeon crawler or something crazy. But he just made shit up. We did this all the time. And it was how my home game worked. Eric, you running? I guess. What, what, what are we doing? Realms? Yeah. Alright, you guys are in Cormier. Okay, cool. We're in Cormier. Let's make some characters. Ah, I want to be in Waterdeep. Alright, fine. You're in Waterdeep. That's what we do. I, um, I love it. I love running on the fly. Making shit up.
0: <laughs> did, you, did you do it this weekend, bro? Oh,
1: fucking yeah. yeah I did this weekend. <laughs> it was like seven hours of that. You come across a pink unicorn. Oh, there was a, uh, You're in the, New York City. Uh, so, yeah, it's at, uh, at one point 11 um, AD, 1100
0: AD in New York City. Well, uh,
1: at, so let me give you an example. At one point, Alpha's character, a um, Chinese American guy who was part of this um, mercenary squad that went to Africa, had weird shit happen, came back. He's at his kung fu school, finds out one of his students killed and cannibalized his mother. He's brought in to talk to the kid to try to figure out if he can figure out why, what's going on, has some crazy, strange shit happened to him. He's like, what is this? Oh my God. I made all that up. I'm like, I have no idea. I just need to do something to shock this guy. The student's cannibal. Something weird happens. Gets home. Here's a weird tarot card tacked on his door. goes upstairs. There's this bizarre blue-skinned orc-looking demon giant sitting on his couch. And he's like, what are you? I'm an oni! He's like, okay, you're an oni. You're a Japanese ogre. Weird, okay, what are you here for? And then he talks. Apparently he's an executioner. He's here to do the will of the Emperor's son, which apparently is Alpha's character. How'd you get here? I rode a demon horse. Oh, you have a demon horse. Of course I do. Oh, okay, you have a demon horse. All right. So eventually they go outside and find the the demon horse. It's a kieran named Reginald, who apologizes profusely for the um, oafish oni and offers to take them where they need to go. <laughs> and that's just shit that I made up. I have no fucking idea. So you had I
0: nothing. You had nothing that in your brain before.
1: That before, particular like going piece, in. absolutely no idea of an oni. Um, however, however. I say that like it's this mystical, ooh. And I, I jokingly, I told my buddy Lenny, I said, it's a quasi-out-of-body experience when it's going really well because you're spouting shit. And you're like, this is wonderful. Oh, my God, this is brilliant. I hope someone's writing this down. And I don't have any time to take notes. Oh, my God, they're eating they're eating this up. This is awesome. However, I prep for that game. In the same way, I think, Sean, that you prep for your games. In, in a way, right? You, you make sure you're ready. One of the things that Brett needs to have to make sure he's ready is themes. I start picking image. I knew I wanted to run a, uh, a media-heavy game. And by that, I had pictures um, that could flash up on the screen because my buddy has a big TV in his basement. That way I, I can Bluetooth, too. This is the picture of the Oni. I had, a, I had pictures of these monsters. I'm like, these things are cool. I don't know how I'm going to use them yet, but they're here for me in the first session. Here's a picture of this in the jungle. Here's a symbol. Here's a thing. It was all thematically appropriate for the overall overarching thing I wanted to do. I even had a video from a YouTube um, video called The Blackwater Gospel. If you haven't seen that, look it up. I'll put it in the show notes. It's brutal Wild West. Horrible, horrible, evil thing. Um, But it's fun as hell. So I end that with the when the uh, weird little Tolkien-esque dwarf named Mitch who works at a gas station uh, car repair shop in the middle of a Apparently, authentic ghost town western um, is explaining what happened with The Undertaker. He shows that to him. But I had all this stuff, right? I had done, I'd spent hours pouring over images, media clips, sound pieces I wanted, adventure ideas, maps. I had all this stuff on my iPad, my laptop, ready to go. So I had this wonderful well of ideas to tap into depending on where things went and when i say hey do you want to run you say sure um lost minds of fandover sounds good we'll do that you're not ready for it insofar as did you just read it but you have read it it's prepped for you you've run that adventure before and a lot of times what i find myself doing if someone drops that type of thing on me like hey in the middle of nowhere just do you want to run a game i'm like sure you want to play some dnd i have certain D&D adventures or themes that I've run recur recurringly over the last since third grade years I've done. I'll just pull one of those out. It's a siege in an inn in the middle of a frozen wilderness just outside of a mining town. Yeah, it's just shit I've done before. And I think one for me anyway. I think the key here. And I, I think you do. Oh, damn! Hit my mic there. Sorry. I think you do a very similar thing, Sean. Is that the key is you lean? You're leaning into stuff that you already know or have built up. And I think for me, the ability to run effectively on the fly is because I have a catalog of stuff that's readily accessible to me. And I've done it a bunch. I've had to do it. Exercise the muscle. Get good at it. Good at the improv get good at figuring this out, and so on. But I think having that whole catalog at your fingertips, whether that be, hey, I have a a document file on my Mac that has all these images and media clips or character sheets and dungeon maps, stuff I can drop in place whenever I want to, or if it's as simple as I have a shelf full of pre-published adventures I have read and run. I could do this right now. I think that, I think being prepared is the best way to do it, and the only way to be prepared, as I'm describing, is through experience. At least that's how I feel. Sean, just I threw a vomited whole bunch of crap at you. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shocked. Vomit. Uh, Vomit. Ah, what is that?
0: Uh, well,
1: there's a lot of wisdom to take in all at once. Give a it is. Let you digest all that.
0: There are individuals that I'm sure are newer to the game uh, game mastering space, and mm-hmm. running games um, that could take on an impromptu game. I would have to say that they're probably uh, rarer. They're not as as prevalent as folks that have run games, even if it's been once or twice. Like I think, going off of what Brett's saying. Having run one game and then being thrown into a mix that says, hey, let's play something. Do you know anything? And you're like, "Uh, okay, I guess I could run the prior game that I did before, assuming it's a different group. Great. Then you have something to lean on a little bit. Or you have a really – you have some – there's system mastery that's being talked about in the chat where if you've got a good imagination and you can come up with – uh, some problems that the characters are going to run into rather quickly, and you know the system that it takes place in, so if you're running 5e or OSE or whatever yep. game, mm-hmm. that helps. I don't think system mastery is the be-all end-all, because I think even Matt Mercer, who is making a shit ton more money than I am running d d games, Still fudges rules. As a matter of fact, old school DM mentioned it on our forums and under professional, you know, game mastering for money. You know, you can be a game master and not enforce a rule or rule as written. So, yes, system mastery plays a part because you kind of got to know the flow of it. Somebody says, hey. If
1: nothing else, it builds your confidence, right? I am. I have a mastery of the system. And part of this has to be you have to be confident with your base. Sure, yes. If If you put a foundation on sand... As we've all learned, that shit ain't gonna work. You'd be like, hey, I have a level system mastery. I can run D&D right now. I feel comfortable. I feel comfortable running Call of Cthulhu right now. Which edition of Call of Cthulhu? Well, I'm actually better with fifth than I'm in the newest version, just because I haven't, it's got nuances I don't know very well. I'm really good at gumshoe. I'm really good at this. I know these systems. There's a level of confidence that comes with that. And I think that yeah. helps a great deal. Because if you're caught flat-footed and someone says, "Hey, let's play Burning Wheel," you're like, ah, f- dude." Yeah, no, I can't. Fuck, I really? can't run
0: Lady yeah. Blackbird or, <laughs> yeah. or you Never know done Burning Wheel. Yep. Yeah, yeah, at the drop of a dime. So yeah, so you have to have a fundamental understanding, fundamental understanding of the rules and how it works. I mean, even if you ran five E, just target numbers and advantage disadvantage.
1: Yep, you and know the me- you, you got to know the car mechanic, man. You okay. get that, you're good.
0: So then if you had a great imagination and, and you know then there's the character building and like, oh, let's take five seconds to build characters or I have a folder that I use on G drive or Google Drive and I could just print those off and hand them to everybody. Great. So it's funny because the ad hoc or non-prep game we're kind of referring to still has prep to some degree.
1: It, like, it does. there's there's stuff you've done. Right. For days, months, weeks, years, potentially, that's built up this repertoire of skill you. Sometimes it's as simple as, look, I've run two adventures. That's all I've ever run for Call of Cthulhu. But one was a haunted house and one was a graveyard. I could flip. I'll steal the name from this, move it over here, and I'll put it in the desert. Why not? I'm running a d and game I've run before. Instead of being in the frozen waste, I put it at, at an oasis. Instead of it being goblins, I'll make it ogres, because everybody decided they want to play fifth-level characters. Everyone thought it'd be really fun to fight giants. Ogres and giants it is, or whatever the case is. Knowing, having that creative muscle that you've used, and you know that adventure well enough. And Again, you're, you have a mastery level of the system when someone says, Well, huh, I don't want to do goblins or kobolds. What, what else could I do? Orcs kind of... You know, it could just be people. Let's just go with, like, let's go with Dark Dwarves. Let's go with the Dwagar. Boom, done. It's a, it's Dark Dwarves with the problem. It, and something as simple as swap out the monster can have a drastically cool effect on what's going on. Could be the the same type of adventure that you had started with, but the new monster, new bad guy, new bad person, brings its own nuance to it. and causes a different... Uh, it, it evokes and invokes different actions and reactions from the players. Oh, my God, I wonder if there's draw involved, too. That sounds like a good idea, Sean. I'll make a note. Oh, is there a drow map? You know, and I, I think, and I hate to always say you have to practice, you have to practice, but I honestly believe there are very few folks who can uh, join an improv troupe, get on stage, and just be really wicked good at improv. They can only take you so far. You have to practice, you have to do this thing. If you want to do this, the people that I know who have done improv very well in theater and are really good at it have done a lot of it. They're practicing it a lot to become good at this. Um, and, and for this piece, learning what it is that you need to have to prep, I really need to know the system inside and out or I don't ever feel comfortable running it. That's, that's a box you check. I will not run a World of Darkness game because I it has been too long. I don't have mastery of that system. I will not run Burning Wheel because I could barely spell that game system. Don't know how to do it. You know, if that's a piece for you. Then you got to check that. If you like, look. I need a map. I need. I need. I need. I need. Whatever your list of needs are, it doesn't mean you're you're a weak game master. Or you don't have, or you're not creative enough to do it yourself. You're, you're weak, weak. <laughs> worthless, <laughs> and, and weak. Yeah. But i you know what you need to have, right? And um I think that's everybody preps differently, and everybody what I guess that sometimes even the definition of on the fly is different too. Part of it for me is like creating a conspiracy- a conspiracy theory on the spot with your friends, you know. What happens if the vampires control parliament? Well, well, clearly then, the Tories, blah, blah, Like, what the fuck is that? You know, and you start building this we, these weird connections. And I think one of the other pieces you said, Sean, I want to go back to this. And you mentioned sourcing the table. That's another component. You really need to pay attention to what the hell's going on. And again, that's a skill that needs to be developed, practiced, used, and not afraid to say, hang on a second, like, what did you say? Eileen, what did you say? You, you just mumbled something there. Oh, you said... You were willing to bet it wasn't the drow, it was that high elf asshole we met earlier this session. That's a viable option, people. I, You know, she said something, I sourced the table that way. Sometimes it's there's different methods to source the table. And sometimes sourcing the table, quote unquote, is simply listening to what the players are throwing at you. And being able to sort the wheat from the tares. Players. Blah blah blah, blah 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 blah
0: blah blah blah. Maybe this, maybe that. Blah blah.
1: But hey, every once in a while, they'll drop a they'll drop something. And go ooh, if I maybe if I polish this one, this that's not a turd at all. That's a diamond. I use that one. You know, sometimes that happens. Players drop some good shit, and there's no reason not to use it if you have the opportunity. So, and again, depending who you are and what you need from that. When I say need, how, how you need, what helps you utilize that, you know. Ange drops a thing, you know, Eileen says something, Sean says something, Phil says something. If I have to scratch that stuff down quickly on a piece of paper, do that. Sometimes you can file it away in your head and just remember it. That's fine too. But um, for running on the fly, I think you need to pay attention to what's happening at the table and read it and react to it inappropriate, appropriately. Giving, giving the reward for good guesses which I think goes to Mr. Crapper's point around mysteries. Oh, my God, the butler did it, and here's why. Hey, if it's a really good explanation, you you can use that. And the player's going to feel brilliant because they came up with it. Or? Or, or, what do you got?
0: You play a game that incorporates all of it as part of the game. <laughs>
1: Absolutely you can, as long as you know how to play that game. But, yes, you can.
0: eat, Ta- man. Todd's getting a lot of spotlight here I don't know what's up with that guy but you play the deal oh yeah the larp you know it's a it's a poker game so it's not like hey I gotta dress up in a costume and yeah. you know it's not uh the big the big uh what is it the big world of darkness larp that used to be out there
1: oh the yeah Ma- Mind's eye theater
0: yeah or whatever
1: but- yeah, or you grab, I know there's certain PBTA games or other games that's them out there like, tell me about a time when you save so and so's life at the table. When you're making your characters, all that shit comes out and you have an adventure. Damn, you're built. That's a very. Or just
0: re- hang on to the trope, man. You're all in a tavern.
1: Totally. Yeah. Oh. Whenever someone says you should never start in a tavern, there's just all the more reason to start in a tavern, God damn it, yeah. We've talked about that on the show many times of leaning into the tropes that's meeting in a tavern, goblins steal the blacksmith's son. Um, I've got to get I'm space pirates. I've got to get this space loot from here to the next space port. It, it's very tropey. But if you're doing it on the fly, take w- the tropes become fun when you massage them and smack them around a little bit, right? As I said, instead of it being goblins stole the blacksmith's son because they're going to sacrifice them to their horrible God. Hmm. Interesting. Turns out that's that what they're doing. Turns out they kidnapped him because he is um, somebody found out that the son is actually a sorcerer and there's a weird cult or something that utilizes goblins. They think sorcerers are horribly evil. There's no god involved, you know, but they're trying to eliminate sorcerers because they think they're dangerous. Or somebody's like, look, the best thing to do is we have to um, eliminate sorcerers from society. We pull them out and put them somewhere else. The goblins had nothing to do with it. It was all a ruse. You know, Al-Anon showed up and snagged your kid and he's off somewhere at the mystical sorcerer school. You just think the goblins took him. All that shit. Um, but I honestly think, for me, having stuff to draw from is what you have to have. And some, And if you are Gamers are by nature creative. We're all creative folks. And at some points we all feel like, God, I'm not creative, I'm not doing really well here. Oh geez, I don't know what to do. So sometimes the answer is, can you run right now? You might be like, I got nothing guys, I can't. No, not tonight, it's a bad day. But having experience, um, running plenty of games when you have been ready and so on, giving you uh, an arsenal to draw from, I think is just absolutely critical. I don't think that can be undersold.
0: I think I need to put a document together for people. Now? And in that document, it just is a set of questions that whoever's going to run this game in whatever system, typically it's going to be a GM game, so, and you just write it, you fill in the blanks. Where are the player characters?
1: What are they doing there? Who, what, when, why, how? That.
0: Yeah. Who do they meet there? Where do they need to go and how, well, who what prompts them to go there?
1: And then why is it happening or whatever. Right. What yeah.
0: what what is the basis of this? What problem will what problem will they run into on the way or what what do they need to know?
1: And you could have the you know how do they solve this? You can leave that open and just take notes. That could be like notes from players, I don't know, or shit you come up with as you go. Yeah. I honestly think that's actually pretty smart, Sean. It's as, sim- as simple as the who, what, why, when, how, when, where, how, if you can ask those questions.
0: But take like 10 minutes to, like, okay, these guys want me to run a game right now. All right, you guys make characters or go over there and, you know, eat and drink a beer or whatever smoke whatever give me 15 uh, minutes to give me 15 minutes to knock some of this out get my head in a place and I think somebody can do it if they and and what they could do is with those questions they could also sit down like think about the last TV show you like just even in their statements they're not a question think of the last TV show you watched the last movie you saw the book you last read, the podcast you last listened to.
1: Yeah, is there a bad guy you've always wanted to use? The bla- bad <laughs> guy. Would what's your name fav- two what's- of
0: your favorite bad guys.
1: What's your favorite three monsters? Shit right. like that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 And you
0: just put those out there so that you get the person's brain cranking, and, and then in 15 minutes they come out with, say, all right, all right, Brettster, <clears throat> you're in a tavern. It's called... Uh, Whatever, Rusty Reagan. N. Yeah. Look at that! Oh my God! I just, I just, I just I made just that up, it. Brett. I just made it up, but brilliant.
1: Right now. And the, I did. The cool thing about that though is when you start when you start cranking with that stuff. I, I like that short. I like that approach, right? Because what that is is that's a shorthand shortcut thing to I do what I do to get myself geared up so I was ready to go this last weekend, where it was all they started off a certain way. I knew how I wanted to start it. I had no idea what was going to happen after. The trip, the trip to Africa. So thing shit got weird from there. Super weird. <laughs> time travel, time slipping, weird existential crises. It was nutty. But I had I had done all this stuff. And I think if I would have had your sheet sheet there, I wasn't thinking of it in those terms with those words, but that's exactly what I did. You know, when I came up with the idea was... What's going on, who's doing da, 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 who, what, why, when, where, how. And key pieces of shit I wanted to make sure I used. That was all in there. It's not as clear, concise, bullet pointed as you have there. And I really wish I would have asked you this beforehand, because it would have saved me probably a month's worth of work. So I gotta start coming to the Yeah, come to the diamond dealer if I want diamonds, apparently.
0: Man, all um, it takes is a text. Man, I'm going to run a game, Sean. I don't know what the what hell I'm going to do. What the fuck, I'm fuck
1: do. I doing? Oh, I've got this, though. I don't need help from anybody. Turns out I do. Uh, no, I, I like the idea, though. I really do, dude. I think that's that's really helpful. Because it's a, not a, it's a cheat sheet, basically. Hey, ask slash answer this stuff. And you've got a lot to go with. Yeah, you could take it, you could blow it out into a novel. You could blow it out into a 15-session, two-year-long, whatever campaign, but... If you just need to start, you just need it to get going, right? Because a, ga- a lot of games, honestly, once they get going, kind of write themselves. They really do.
0: I also think that players got to freaking give a little, especially in this situation, right? If I'm going to run Curse of Strahd and those guys want to do whatever, as long as they're on the same, like, hey, we're going into Curse Strad. this is kind of the premise. But if it's, a, if it's an ad hoc game and you're going to put the pressure on one person to come up with all this stuff, you gotta give them some latitude. So one of, one of the things... you can't show up
1: with stupid ass characters who are complete douchebags. You can't, you know, not,
0: you, I, I mean the the thing I'm looking for is okay, if I I could say I could source the table. So I could say, Okay, oh, what's your background? or blah blah blah. And somebody's like, Oh, I'm a shopkeeper's daughter and blah. And if I say, Well, how about if you are the shopkeeper's daughter No,
1: no, no, shopkeeper's daughter minor only.
0: right no that's good but you're on say instead of yeah i don't like i don't like that one yeah see home. that's bullshit there yeah, exactly. like that would just be like <laughs> look you guys want me to run a game in 15 minutes you gotta work with me a little bit like a lot of bit you're right?
1: absolutely right i think this is everybody's got to be game and that means give and take right All right show up with a with a that who what where why when how is high level concept stuff for the game master it's a similar thing for the players. Don't get super uber noodly. Don't even have to have a name right away. Get a concept, who we are, what your personality like, and that's about it. I don't need to know that your dad was a gold miner and your mom was a space princess. I really don't care. That really isn't necessary right now. Because first thing we gotta do is figure out: is it okay if I put you guys on a pirate ship?
0: <laughs> you know? Right. Or or yeah, it's something like I grew up here, and I'm I, I'm. Don't, you know, do anything but X. Well, Can you do Y? Like, can you like, go with <laughs> please, this? Please,
1: please. Yeah. Do X yeah, plus yeah, Y Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: We got this stuff down.
1: We do. Honestly, Sean, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. A little cheat sheet. Yes. If, if you write that down, we should share that out. Honestly, uh, if you do that, I may think it'd be just good. just do that? I think it'd be cool. I do believe, though, that you have to do it to get good at it. We've talked about practice before. I think it helps. It absolutely helps. It absolutely helps. And the more you do it, the more comfortable you will get with what you need to go, what you got to have, and you just be ready to roll You're like, okay, cool. Because once you get comfortable like that, I believe, much like the warden was saying, it, it's one of the greatest highs as a game master, in my opinion, is when you have stuff like this, you just have, you know, loose leaf notebook full of cool ideas. And the shit just starts flowing. You're like, "Oh my god, this is brilliant!" Like I said, hope someone's writing it down because this is goddamn gold. And it's just happening. Everything's going really well. It's all based on stuff you had prepped in one way, or it's on your little cheat sheet. Um, but the ability for you and the players, as you said, Sean, very key. My players last Saturday were given as good as good as they were getting, feeding right into it. They saw, they they felt though, you know they felt everything start to happen. Like I'm gonna go with this. I could choose to ignore the fact that it seems like I'm traveling through time or I'm going to go with this and just see where this goes. Let's let's go. Obviously, something's happening. Let's go be adventurers and let's go make something happen. I, I, that's very key. I have no idea if we actually answered the question.
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> there it is. That's how you GM on the fly, impromptu. Just, yeah, just, do, the, think, just do what we just <laughs>
1: said. Every, in, in order. In order. Yeah. Uh, chronologically or alphabetically. Either way, I'll get you there. It's all good anyway, if we didn't answer it, which I'm positive we probably sort of kind of maybe didn't, and of course, if our listeners are smarter than we are, which they usually are, if they have a 12-step program to help us get better at this, Sean, I honestly, I'm no shit dude. That's a good idea. Write that down. <laughs> Write that down, man. That's good. So we can work with it. It's only six years, buddy. Well, Come up with something like that. When you, It takes you a while, but when you... Came to me impromptu. Just well, hit me. Just Boom. Boom. See, I'm gonna go run a game. Years let's run a game.
0: Hey, chat. Brett, you guys,
1: ready? Let's do this. It was six years of practice. See, you, you figured it out.
0: <laughs> Thanks for the topic inspiration.
1: Absolutely. All right, let's move on to die roll. We're going. All right, We've been die at this roll. For a while.
0: Die roll. Two to four miscellaneous points of gaming and greekery we want to bring to you. Uh, first one, Kickstarter this Tuesday, September 29th. Uh, You'll probably get this episode after the fact. There will be a fifth edition version of the award-winning Bestiary and Setting of the Mitterlands. John, (laughs) this is funny, John Barnhouse, Marketing and Online Platforms Director at Frog God Games, uh, emailed us, Brett, and said, hey, this is happening. And by the way, if you want to interview Project Manager Edwin Nagy, uh, to let him
1: know. Oh, Edwin! Oh, god, that guy's terrible. I heard that guy like I've heard terrible. That things can't about be the him? same one, right? I don't know. Probably a better Edwin. Let's get the Let's get the good Edwin on.
0: Do we, I need, do to, it. Do we need to go through John to get to Edwin? oh so he that, says
1: let Ed, let him know.
0: Well, I think he was he was saying to let let, let John know, let me know, and no, then no, i no, arrange no, no, that. No,
1: no, no, we'll just we're going right to Ed. we're going right to Edwin. Or, you, I mean, or tell John.
0: Maybe John is his people. Like, we got, hey, yeah, we dude, go that's through his true. people.
1: Yeah, wow. I mean, Edwin's a big name. I don't want to...
0: But him. anyways, the moral <laughs> of the story is Minterlands is great. Glenn Seely and Monkey Blood Designs does, I mean, it's some really top-notch stuff. Very good stuff. Um, I think Brett and I both got in on the uh, mm-hmm. original Kickstarter. Yep, yep. Or the second. The re- yep. I got on the revised one. Yeah. Same, same. So anyways, that'll be coming. Link to the Kickstarter in the show notes. Resistance Earth by Fraser Ronald, of Sword's Edge Publishing. Now, I know Fraser. I I met him years ago at Gen Con. Uh, Real great guy. Ten years ago, the world ended. Today, you've been chosen to bring it back. Yeah, baby! A resistance to the alien overlords who govern the Earth is forming. Small, ill-equipped, and decentralized had been in hiding, staying out of the regime's gaze. needs capable leaders, people who have the skills and audacity to take on... Take the fight to the regime. Seems a little close to home, I think. I don't know. Uh, That's why they've tipped their hand, (laughs) revealing themselves to the regime. That's why they busted you out of prison. On the run, out of options and marked for death. Your characters are part of the resistance, seeking to topple the proxies of the aliens who now rule the planet. You have nothing but your wits and outdated weaponry. You face a technologically advanced force that vastly outnumbers you. The only way you will survive is if you adapt, resist, and finally overcome. Welcome to Resistance Earth! I like it. Very cool. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool, too. So that's Very why nice. I put it on there. So Very check cool. that out if you're a fan of Frasers. Of you probably already know about it, but otherwise it's another cool game. Another one I found on Twitter, The Spooky Goose by Kelly Knox. This is on DMs Guild. I put it out there because it's a level, I think, 1-4 to four level adventure. It's Family-friendly, and I think it's Halloween right around the corner. So, recently, strange events that affected the village. Ghostbrook. Residents of Ghostbrook reveal that they are being plagued by nightmares every night, each one filled with the walls of the hideous hag who lives on a nearby mountain. Can the nightmares be stopped, or is the town forever cursed?
1: I'll tell you what, just as a quick jump from this to our topic. Your early-level adventures like this, these small ones... These are great things to read. Even if you don't run them, get your hands on this type of thing, read it, add that to your little prep list of shit that's in your repertoire, ready to pull out. Yeah, this is good stuff. This is good. This is good to have. There you go. I threw a link out there to the Blackwater Gospel, which was a uh, little Western style horror video I wanted to share with people. I used it as the closer for my game last session with my guys on Saturday. It was
0: the closer, huh?
1: Yeah. They said they were trying to figure out what happened and what was the deal with The Undertaker and why is everybody terrified of him? I'm like, well, instead of me telling you the story, let's just say this is what you hear. And the dude tells them a tale. Showed it to him. They're pretty happy. Worked out well. Nice. Yeah. You good, man? I am good. Sounds good. Sounds good. What are we talking about next week, Brett? No winners or losers next week. What? That's what we're talking about. Yeah. You have to, if you don't know what that's about, Sean, one, you check the notes, and two, if you, uh, we'll just have to tune in see what happens.
0: But it's not to be confused with the Lonesome Loser.
1: No, totally different. Absolutely different.
0: That gets beaten by the Queen of Hearts every time.
1: That's a different problem. That, that's an <laughs> absolutely different problem. All right, let's get out of here, man.
0: All right, sweet. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, to Gaming NBS uh, Tabletop RPG Podcast. We stream here every Monday night. Everything going smoothly at 8 p.m. Central Time. Tune in. If you see this on YouTube, do us a favor and subscribe and like. Otherwise, I'm Sean. And I'm Brett. Good night and good game all. This episode of Gaming and BS produced with help from the following BSers. Corey Wynn, Graham Minor, Jared Rasher, Ray Otis, Old School DM, Jason Hobbs, Andy Hall, Roger Brassett, Chris Steele, Larry Hout, Eric Frankhouse, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, Stefan Dragonspawn, Mark Tasaka, Pure Mongrel, C.W. Mellencamp, Dan LaValley, Craig Huber, Ron Bishop, Old Scouser Roleplaying, Jim Fitzpatrick, Mark Richmond, Thomas Hook, Skye, Craig, Howard Bishop, Jeff Seifert, Angus, Eric Salzwito, Ger- George Sedgwick, Robert Nemeth, Brian Kurtz, Laramie Wall, Perry Basor, Eric Avia, Andy Olson, John Kayward, Corey Gonzalez, Niall Diamond, Jeff Goad, Brian Rumble, David F. Balog, Harrigan, Melissa Beshinski, Henry Newcomb, Eric Talvola, Who's Carl, Mark Sohm, Ghost GM, Mike Hess Jr., Rory Weston, Curtis Hinson, Jim Ingram, Daniel Garrett, Jason Weeb, One Dollar Adventure Frameworks, Phil McClory, Jay Plata, The Duke in Purple, Isaiah Aries, Christian Obscurus, Dominus, Larry Hollis, Quigley, Malcolm Obscuriosity, Chad Gleman, Josh Wallace, Adam Grochon, Ed Nyes, Brett Pazinski, Corey Welch, Merkel Froelich, Rich Wishon, Joe Swick, and Curtis Takahashi. Hey, did you know we had an online forum community? head over to forums.gamingnbs.com. Register and partake of the discussion. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks, BSers! This This has been a Litterbox Studio Studio production. production.